You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Teething. It's one of those things that is so exciting and yet excruciating at the same time. There's nothing like seeing one of those little pearly whites poking through. But then it can lead your baby to be unsettled and in pain. Dr. Deb Levy is a paediatrician and mum. Hi, Deb. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Great. Thank you. Now, all babies develop differently, but what is the most common age that a baby will start teething? Absolutely, Siobhan. And um, the majority of babies will start teething at around about four to seven months of age. Um, you know, a good way to gauge it is actually by um, asking, you know, the grandparents in terms of when, you know, mum and dad um, started to teeth because it's, there's a bit of a genetic link there. Is it true that some babies can be born with a full set of teeth? Oh, I must say I've never seen a full set of teeth. I have seen <laughs> neonatal teeth, though. I've seen one or two in a baby's mouth. And depending on how loose they are or um, how painful it's causing breastfeeding, we often just leave them in place. Yes, the breastfeeding thing. That's always something. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I know I was worried about it with good, good reason, by the way. Will babies bite once they get teeth? No, no, no. And, you know, sometimes what babies will do when they get teeth is that, you know, they're exploring and, and babies traditionally use their mouths to explore. And, you know, they may give one little chomp, but as long as you react appropriately, you know, that, that little shriek and, um, you know, babies <laughs> um, usually won't continue to do it, which is good news. And do we know what is happening biologically for a baby's teeth to start growing? Like, do we know if it's maybe because they're getting ready to start eating something more or consuming something more than milk or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think the human body is such a fascinating thing. And, you know, we, we kind of like life is, is um, set in place for us according to how we grow is the way that I see it. And, and absolutely with teeth. So, you know, when babies start to get their teeth, it is often when they start to um, become more interested in solids, you know, and developing, you know, the other um, gross motor skills, for example, that they need. And you see it all together as a package getting ready. <laughs> yeah. So I have been told by other people in the parenting field that cutting teeth doesn't necessarily hurt a baby, mm-hmm. which of mm-hmm. course, when you're a parent and you hear that and your baby's screaming <laughs> and crying mm-hmm. and unsettled, um, it seems quite contrary to your own experience. Do we know whether it's true that sometimes it doesn't hurt and this is just other developmental things that are keeping your baby awake? Look, I think every baby is different. Um, And, you know, when I reflect on my children who are now five and seven, when their teeth started to come through, I had no idea that they were teething until I just literally suddenly saw a little tooth pop through. Hmm. And um, so I was one of the lucky ones. I totally get that. But I, I don't think that every baby experiences, you know, extreme pain when they're teething. So, um, you know, there, there are a lot of funny little symptoms that are attributed to teething, but it's always important, you know, to look beyond that and, and consider if there's actually something else going on as well. We'll get to 
how you work out whether it's something other than teething. But can you talk to me about the other attributes you just mentioned there that sometimes people go, oh, she's just teething? Yeah. Um, As you said, besides the main one, which is pain and being unsettled and grisly, which often that's the way it comes across, you may just suddenly start to see that your baby's drooling a lot more, needing to use those little bibs around their neck, frequently changing them, or they could actually have runny poos or a rash on their, and typically that's a rash on their cheeks. They may be off their feeds or off their solids, whatever they're on already. As you said, their sleep might be disturbed and they could even have a low grade fever. But, you know, even just listening to these, you know, these symptoms that I'm, I'm describing, I could also be describing, you know, a viral infection or a gastro or, you know, so I, I do think it's important to, um, you know, look at a child as a whole before just saying, oh, you know, it's just their teeth coming through. So when you look at a look at the whole picture, when you're trying to determine mm-hmm. whether those symptoms could be attributed to teeth coming through or a cold or something different, how do you work out whether it is teething or if it's something else? Look, sometimes it's a process of elimination and, um, you know, it's, it's looking at what's going on for the child, for the family, uh, you know, gastro often will run through a family, for example, and then you can go, oh, you know, all those runny poos are probably from that. Or, you know, is there also a runny nose? And, and so it's really trying to flesh out everything else that's going on. When it comes to to sleep, it can be a tricky one, I, I agree. You know, and, and you've already touched on this, Siobhan, by saying that sometimes when children go through these developmental leaps, it can disrupt their sleep. So it is a case sometimes of excluding the more serious conditions, excluding the medical concerns, and then a bit of a a watch and wait and, and, you know, wait for those little teeth to pop through if they are going to. How can we help them if if we determine, yes, it's probably teething, even if we're a little bit unsure, but they are unsettled, what are the safe ways we can manage their discomfort? Look, babies, when they're teeth, they love to chew things. And um, even though we may think that, oh, my goodness, that would be painful for them, actually it's quite soothing for them to chew on something. And um, you get so many, you know, wonderful teething toys. And the ones that I like are the hard ones or ones that you can um, cool down in the fridge or the freezer. Just be careful of keeping things in the freezer because they can actually become a bit sticky And um, what I usually suggest then is take it out of the freezer, give it a good um, wash, wipe down so it's totally dry and then give it to your baby. Alternatively, keep things in the fridge to keep it cold. You know, so those are the, are the, the teething toys that you can buy. Other things that I like, something as simple as taking a face cloth, you can dip the, the corners of the face cloth in a homemade chamomile tea. Then pop that into a um, Ziploc bag and put that in the freezer. And the baby chewing on those frozen corners, I guess is the way to put it, the cold corners, not only is it cold and hard, which is soothing, but chamomile itself um, is actually a pain reliever type of of, um, herb. So that can definitely help. You can also buy over-the-counter products. I'm not a huge fan of the the ones that you you know the gels that you rub on the on the gums. Mm. There's not a lot of evidence that that works, but there are other powders that um, I've 
you know, suggested for patients and I've had good reviews on that, for example, will contain something like chamomile that helps to soothe. And those are usually homeopathic. The ones to avoid are the ones with belladonna in. And that was recently, I mean, probably about a, a year or two ago now, was, there was a product that was actually taken off the market. Wow. Um, belladonna, it, exactly. Belladonna is actually a, a sedative. Right. I thought it was <laughs> so a poison. Even, well, exactly. Too much of it can be. Um, but... Look, realistically, the amounts that were in it were so minuscule, but the potential risk was there. So that's why it was removed. Um, so just be aware of, you know, using anything that may have been sitting in your cupboard for a while as well. Can I say as an Aussie, we all grew up with Bongella. So if yeah, you're growing yeah. up with parents, uh, older parents telling you, oh, just put some Bongella on it. Um, you do get varying reports on Bongella. So some mm -hmm. people say not to give it to a baby because it's mm -hmm. dangerous. Is it actually dangerous? It seems like such small amounts. Yeah, I don't. I think it's more like, is it effective? I guess that's the question that I, that I was asking. It's not dangerous if you're using it in small amounts and using it correctly. I guess another tip, if you choose to try it, is keep it in the fridge because um, the cooling action would add to the pain relief. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I wish I'd had that when I was, my kids were teething. What about medical pain relief? When I say mm. that, I mean um, over-the-counter. Yeah, paracetamol and ibuprofen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I prefer to try and avoid it if possible, only because every medication comes with its risks. You know, not just the risk of, you know, potentially giving the incorrect dose, which is easy to do, especially in the middle of the night when you have a distressed child, but also the, the potential risk of any medication in terms of side effects. So it's a, it's a good backup to have, but it's certainly not something that I would use as, as a first step. To those parents who are out there now and have a child that is going through teething, do you have any sense of how long it's likely to last? <laughs> um, this too shall end, right? Or this too shall yes. pass for one. Yes. Um, look, the majority of children will, we have 20 primary teeth or baby teeth, and the majority will have come through by three years of age. But it doesn't mean that every single tooth that comes through is going to cause a level of distress. You know, even in children, you know, who start off with a lot of pain, I don't find that it, it always persists through, through all the teething. So it does get better. And, um, you know, then you're going to have to go through it all again when they start losing their teeth. <laughs> Only then they show you and that's disgusting. <laughs> exactly, right? And pull them out if, if you're my, uh, my seven-year-old, my brave seven-year-old. But, um, you know, usually they're all in by three years. And once they have their teeth, let's say you've got the little two chompers up the top and two chompers down the bottom, should we be cleaning those teeth? When do we start to get our kids to clean? Well, obviously not to clean them themselves, but to sort of start looking after that sort of hygiene. Look, ideally, as soon as you start seeing teeth, um, start, you know, a good hygiene routine, I guess, is the way to look at it. And often just at bedtime when they, they've only got those one or two teeth. You know, you can start with something as simple as just using a face cloth, you know, a wet face cloth just to wipe or rub the teeth. Or you can get those staged toothbrushes that initially it's almost like a, a, a toothbrush that they chew on. And then it progresses to a very, very soft brush. So that's what I, I normally recommend. In terms of toothpaste or no toothpaste, my personal preference is to use a toothpaste without fluoride until they can spit it out. 
so there are many of those on the the market thankfully here in Australia brilliant well Deb I don't think I could possibly ask you any more questions about teething (laughs) unless there's anything you'd like to add there's one more thing I just wanted to mention because I have had a few patients through with this concern just in terms of what happens if you if um, your child doesn't get teeth you know and um, and and when do you worry and other than asking grannies and grandpas again you know in terms of timing of teeth my rule of thumb is if they haven't started to teeth or have teeth come through by the time they are 18 months that is for sure when they need to be seen okay excellent well thank you deb thanks so much for your time today it's a pleasure siobhan always great to chat thank you That's paediatrician Dr. Deb Levy, and she has a website. I'll put links to it in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.